and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and this is show number 54, and we're at the end of September already, which is crazy. I have the wonderful Guy Lawrence joining me today on the show. He is one of my favorite people that I've met in the health space. We both happened to be speaking at a conference in uh, Tasmania a couple of years ago uh, on our various uh, specializations. So he was actually talking about uh, how weight training could affect health, which was really fascinating um, and uh, sort of serve different chronic conditions. And I love that talk. Uh, And I was speaking about, you guessed it, lowering your toxic load through personal care and cleaning products and the choices we made each day. And uh, there were a few dinners at this conference. We had a couple of dinners and I was sat next to Guy at one of them. And um, it's just a really genuine guy who just wants to bring goodness into the world and uh, is happy to make himself a guinea pig as he tries all these crazy things to experience a greater sense of purpose in life, stillness in the busy modern life that we all so often try to resist from subscribing to. And today I have him on the show discussing healing and stillness in the various forms that he has been able to attain it for himself through some rather outwardly looking wacky (laughs) journeys. Um, We talk about the pilgrimage to the very remote area that he had his ayahuasca experience. We talk about thermogenesis and the training he's done with uh, the amazing Iceman Wim Hof. We talk about the incredible meditative brain training he did with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And it's really just getting a look into some of these health experiences that one can have that often might seem either unattainable or you've got young kids and there's no way you can go trekking uh, for weeks to to go and have that experience or, you know, f- pop off to America to, to work with Joe Dispenza for a week. Today's show is all about getting a little look-see into what Guy has experienced in these various adventures and what the key learnings were from each of them and, and things that we can do in our day-to-day to simulate some of the things that he's learnt in these adventures. So it's a really great chat and I know you guys will love it because out-of-the-box therapies are such a fantastic fantastic thing to explore when we're trying to see how we might like to experience life differently based on uh, the things we learn about. So I have two podcast sponsorship offers for you today. The first one is, again, Goodness Me Box joining us. And we have 40% off the first box for their gorgeous subscription which is a box that you receive every month full of delicious, beautiful things. And they really make an effort to to put a mix of samples, so little things that you might want to have a little taste or try of, but also full-sized products. So it's not just a tokenistic box, which a lot of these sorts of subscription businesses are. You get some serious abundance happening in there and some gorgeous things to try. So 40% off means your first box is literally only $15.00. They have a stance against genetically modified foods. So you can go in with confidence that there is absolutely no GMO ingredient inside that box. 
And you can cancel your subscription at any time. I absolutely love the work Peter and her team do as a a beautiful small business in Australia to educate people on the fact that, fine, you might need some uh, convenience products in your pantry. Who doesn't? I know I do. And let's make those the best version of what they could possibly be. And here are some beautiful brands doing great work to help give you that convenience without giving negative health benefits, which so much convenience-driven packet food is. So enjoy those two offers and enjoy my chat. Oh my gosh. No, I haven't even given you the second offer. See, it's because I've already talked about Guy and I thought, well, there, there we go. Let's, um, let's just hook into the, the chat. But Guy is the founder of 180 Nutrition and you've heard for the last three weeks that 180 Nutrition has been offering us free samples with just a very small postage and handling coverage of $7.95 and you get two really luxe sized with two serves each in each sachet of two of their different flavors of their protein powder. And this is a fantastic protein powder for the the busy people among us, for the people who have teenagers darting around various sports practices and dancing classes in the afternoon needing to keep their energy up without wanting to, you know, hit the rubbish meat pies at the canteen. There are so many situations where I feel that their product is more than useful, of course, as a breakfast every now and then when you just want something simple, but you need something to keep you powering through to lunchtime. It's really delicious, super high quality. The almonds are pesticide free, which I really appreciate them having that commitment to. And all of the ingredients are very thoughtfully sourced. So make the most of that because that is the last week now that you can get that. And all of the details are in the show notes with the link to get you to both that offer and to the Goodness Me box, 40% off offer on your first box. Enjoy the show with Guy. Hi, Guy. How are you? I'm fantastic, Alex. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I've been really looking forward to this. I am really excited to have you on the show because I know um, how much you know about stuff. We've both spoken at a conference together. That's how we met, actually, a couple of years ago in Tasmania. And and that was just such a great time. And what was special about that particular conference was that because it was over a couple of days, we all got to share a couple of dinners and all got to know each other. And I really love your philosophy and what you do and just that general sense that you're always exploring and it's never, I know everything now and I'm, I'm just going to teach my method or, you know, the that kind of dogmatic health style approach. It's like, you know, just kid in a candy store to use. A, a, like, I'd love for there to be a health metaphor that uh, look, said the same thing. Totally. I, and I have to say as well that the more I, I've learned, the less I know. Yeah, so, that's life, isn't it? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Mm. And, it, and it gets more interesting from that point on, you know. Exactly. And I think given a lot of people out there might not have come across um, yourself before, might have heard of the amazing 180 Nutrition that you co-founded, but not necessarily understand your personal journey. Let's start there. How do you think you came to be interested in, in exploring health as a career? Yeah, that's that's. You know, it's fascinating. And I, I often look back upon this and wonder, God, how did I end up where I am now? Even, you know, it's it's quite an amazing journey. But I never worked in the health industry until I was sort of in my early 30s. So I spent most of my time kind of 
wandering, traveling, trying to figure out life in general, but, and always had an interest in health, but never could really settle down to that point. And then I ended up emigrating to Australia in 2005. My God, 12 years. It goes quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and it was kind of like a fresh start for me. And I, and I always wanted to be in the health industry. So I kind of made the decision from that point and go, right, I'm going to really start to look at this. And then as I started to get into the fitness industry, which is where I started from, because that's what I knew, sport and fitness and things like that. So that was my kind of first port of call. As I started delving into the industry and learning, things weren't quite adding up in terms of what I was being taught to what was actually happening within the industry. And then, uh, especially from a health and nutrition aspect, because they are very different to fitness. And I found that I was often getting people coming in into the gym because I worked at the UTS University in Sydney. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was a fitness trainer and they had an amazing facility there. And I was exposed to hundreds of people every day. And it was just a, a, just a great time in my life. And, you know, but but people were coming in to, to work on their health, but it was kind of marketed into this fitness industry and you must flog yourself in the gym and you work really hard. And, and yet there were other components outside of that that weren't really being sort of nurtured and looked after. And and as I delved into it at the time from a nutrition aspect, like, yeah, it just, did, it just didn't feel quite right. So I was a little bit stuck and lost. I was like, oh, I, I was starting to um, get to a crossroads because I didn't know how far I wanted to go down this road because I didn't 100% agree with what I was being taught, if that and makes can- sense. Yeah, yeah. Can you share exactly like a couple of examples of what you were finding wasn't adding up? Well, at the time, now this was 10 years ago. So the, the first thing we've been, we were taught was, especially, and you know, as a fitness trainer, you're taught sort of, there's, there is a curriculum on nutrition, but it's not spending four years in nutrition. And at the time, it was the food pyramid, carb loading, uh, low fat diet, and you know all about the calorie counting to to maximize your performance and burn fat i mean that's the way it it was and you know and i when i applied them rules to myself as well i never i don't know it was always it was always really hard work it just <laughs> felt like i was enslaved to something and then trying to pass that on to my my clients and people that would come in you know that just wanted to just I don't know, just train three times a week, maybe lose a bit of weight, get a bit stronger and be happier. But it just it just didn't quite seem to, it always seemed like a struggle. And and then when I started looking into actually becoming a nutritionist at the time as well, it was kind of teaching these principles. And then you were kind of working, looking into the mechanisms of the body and chemical reactions. And, you know, and nutrition is a really in-depth topic. And, and it just, I don't know it didn't it didn't feel practical to me I felt like I was I was actually starting to going to go down an area where I wasn't agreeing with in the first place so I wasn't going to go down that and and at the time as well what happened was was um, a good friend of mine mentioned spoke about a charity that were um, that was up on uh, in Queensland at the time I mean they disbanded now this was a while back but they were helping cancer patients mainly that were using nutrition and weight training as part of their rehabilitation and they were using a few other subtler strategies as well but and I was very curious because they were they were doing things against everything that I'd been taught by the establishments which was mainly sort of pulling out the the processed carbohydrates pulling out the sugars 
pulling out the processed foods as packaged foods and things that we kind of kind of accept have accepted as a, in our society as as food you know and it was built on convenience and they were kind of pulling all these things out and trying to get them to eat back to uh get back to basics get back to you know where food originally comes from the ground and and it's grown and farmed and 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 alongside that it was very interesting from the weight training component as well and and i was just intrigued because it just felt so taboo <laughs> Uh, the whole thing and I knew I, I you know at that point in time I hadn't even met, knew had any family member with cancer I hadn't really met anyone that was struggling with cancer it was a different world to me and I was just curious so I flew up there and then I kind of started seeing things with my own eyes and from that point it really I had a huge paradigm shift you know it was the first time in my life that my beliefs probably had been completely shattered because I, I just grew up a certain way thinking this is the way it was. And all of a sudden I was forced to uh, rethink what I thought. But I guess intuitively in my heart, things weren't adding up anyway. I just didn't know where to turn. And uh, and that, I guess, sparked a, a starting point for me where I could start to look at what started to make sense. And uh, yeah, it was quite incredible. Right. And in terms of sort of I guess following your heart what was the next step what did you what did you think well now that I I know this now that I've seen this whole foods approach working far better than everything else I knew before what did that drive you to do yeah it 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 it, you know there was a there was a collision that there was almost like a perfect storm that happened Alex because I was stock trading at the time I was a personal trainer, so I was working like I was I was sometimes trading from home on the stock market till two in the morning and I was getting up and training clients at six and I was I, I kind of I'd went through a stage of listening to Tony Robbins and, and self empowerment and it was all amazing stuff and it definitely made me start to rethink and change the way I wanted to go in my life and I guess have the courage to take action. But at this at the same time it was practically burning me out and and I I guess how can I say I I, I was in a I was in the belief that I was going to uh, make money first and then go and do what I love. And I often say that. And I, and I, and I, <laughs> so many of us think that. And then you're sort of 80 and you've got a bit of money and, and you haven't done anything you love. No. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, and w- when you start to surrender and change your mindset around these things, some of the best things can happen in the world when you least expect them. And that's what you've got to kind of move towards. But at the time, I completely got it all wrong. And I loved health. I loved being with people and helping people. And it was just... You know, I just kind of got it wired all wrong, and I and I got to this breaking point where I was ready just to just walk away from everything and just reset. You know, and 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 when I went to the cancer patients so to the to the charity, I sat in a seminar and I sat next to a lady who had a four inch brain tumor that was younger than me, and that really hit hit home as well. And I thought, oh my God, my life is amazing. I got absolutely nothing to complain about you know because it's it's complaining doesn't get you anywhere anyway <laughs> and and it, and and I, I came back and it just I guess I just had a whole sort of self-reflection on what do I really want to do am I going to step into this and, and and try and make a difference or am I just going to carry on in my own story which was which was what it was and and it, I don't know there was a huge shift at that point and I thought I, I really I really want to make 
something out of my life, but from a contribution. I remember Anthony Robbins always talking about that, um, you know, the key, the key to living is to contribute, not to take. And yet we, we can get very selfish and not selfless. And 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 I and it just changed my whole perception about it. And I thought, right, how can I start doing this and getting this message out there and start to encourage that? And that's where the, the seed of 180 Nutrition was born. Because at the time, you know, you, you have people that are, um, and it, it doesn't need to be people with chronic disease to say this, but the moment they start to want to change their food, they go, oh, what do I eat? I, I'm stuck. I don't know what to eat. And, and all of a sudden it, it becomes very complex even though it can be quite simple but we complicate it when it comes to food and and because of the weight training component at the time the, the what the charity was doing they were they were using like sort of ground seeds and and nuts and and, and fiber and different foods that were creating like a high protein pulp because that was sort of like trying to replace like a breakfast here with it. So just do this instead. And it was very easy. And I could see the benefits of what they were doing. And I really kind of started looking in my own environment at the university and looking at the some of the crap people were taking on a regular basis. And I'm like, we've got this all wrong. I want to change this. And, and I basically took a punt. I, I kind of, I I just went... I'm going to I'm just going to do this whatever it takes anyway and I was kind of like I said in this, this my back was against the wall anyway and I thought right clearly it's not been working for me what I'm doing I'm going to do something and just follow my heart instead and and not care about the consequences anymore and and I had no agenda I had no sort of set outcome I just sort of started thinking about right what can I do in this moment and and I I made a deal with the university and the and the guys that were making this food at the time and I said look I want to bring this into the fitness industry I want to I want to change I'm going to see if I can change the culture within the the uh, UTS and if that works then I think I'm on to something and I'm just going to do it so I I I committed I borrowed some more money and I um, asked them if we could play with the ingredients slightly and I worked with a naturopath to make it more appealing for the the general population because I kind of knew how the fitness industry thought and worked and and, and we made a made a deal, and I brought in a load of um, I think it was like five thousand dollars worth of product, and I had about a month to try and get rid of it. And I started talking to people in the gym, and and the next thing I know, I was starting to see results from people because they were removing some inflammatory foods and some of the proteins that they were taking because of some of the stuff was in it was actually keeping them inflamed. And the next thing I was getting them. To <laughs> So it was like a subtle message of trying to improve eating real food at the time. And it was working. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, nobody's talking about this. The sugar movement hadn't happened. The paleo movement hadn't happened at the time. And it started from there. And then I was doing it for about a year and I was getting traction, but I still didn't know what to do next because I, I hadn't run a business like this before. I hadn't really had well, the Internet was new. Facebook was fairly new. And then I met Stu, who's the other half of 180, and he kind of had all the skill sets that I didn't in terms of graphic design and web-based stuff. And, you know, and, and between us, and he was very passionate about health, and between us, we formed 180 Nutrition and, and went from there. And you've done amazingly. I mean, it's a multi-million dollar company now, and um, I remember you were runners-up in the Telstra Business Awards, which is a, a great achievement. 
and from that you've you know you've launched a, a awesome podcast so awesome in fact that I decided to be on there myself I <laughs> we talked I think we talked sunscreens didn't we we like did two we or did. three years ago yeah amazing um amazing chatting to you guys and you know it's become quite a big thing but then it's it's so interesting isn't it when you um get to the top of a mountain you sometimes think okay well what's the next mountain I'm climbing um and this is the part I'm really interested in starting to <laughs> ask you about because you've explored some pretty amazing things since the success of 180 nutrition which is still alive and thriving and and doing great but there's something that you explored that changed the direction of your life share with people what that is so are you referring to the ayahuasca i am yes yeah you know it's and I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with ayahuasca but essentially it's a ritual that's practiced in the amazon jungle for thousands of years it's a very sacred tradition and ayahuasca is essentially the the most powerful psychedelic on the planet and and they call it the vine of the souls or the vine of the dead uh, Mm -hmm. which is not so glamorously called (laughs) and they use two vines i think it's two vines this two ingredients basically and out of the hundreds of thousands of plants it's only these two that actually work when you combine them together uh, which is amazing they still don't know how this kind of phenomenon happened but um, and and it's a it's a sacred ceremony and and you, it, when you drink it it kind of makes you face your own truth if that makes any sense and and I get and I and I heard about it and I was podcasting I just started the podcast and I was getting more exposed to more and more things and I heard about ayahuasca and I my my first thought was sheer terror is like there's no way in the world I would ever do that mm. but at the same time there was. I don't know, there was like an inner voice calling me to try it. And, but what was interesting, Alex, was the fact that I kind of ruled my life by fear. And the, and I was kind of barking up, I realized I was barking up the wrong tree in terms of the way I was living my life and when I was a fitness trainer. And then I, I had to sit someone that was, you know, I had serious health conditions to kind of make me value my own things. And I realized that there was so many things I, I was not, being my true authentic self. I don't know, it was, fear was definitely a part of the way I'd, I'd lived my life for the first 33 years. And and I didn't want to ru- it to rule that. And I'd been hearing many stories about ayahuasca and uh, and it boiled down to, because when I was 15, I actually, as a kid, I was uh, hanging out with all the kids and, and uh, I basically ended up taking magic mushrooms and I had no idea what I was doing. It terrified me. And uh, and I hid in a, an abandoned house for like five hours going, this is ridiculous. And it was just an awful, awful experience. And unfortunately, it was a good thing because I never touched a drug in a very drug cultured South Wales at the time for ever. And you had your own little train spotting moment that terrified you. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, when you grow up in the valleys of Wales, it's, you know, it's a free reign to that kind of thing. And, yeah. and, and it was just terrified me. And I was like, oh, my God. And, but so, but so I, I, for some reason, there was um, a, a, like an inner, inner, inner nag that told me I had to do this and face my fears. And, and I couldn't suppress it. And... And uh, it was a bit like um, when I started 180, like I couldn't suppress that. So I just honored it and then it worked out for me. And mm-hmm. and it was the same here. So I, I remember um, going, uh, flying to Europe to do it. I was jet lagged. You have to be a vegan for five days and and then fast, I think, for 36 hours before you go in. So by the time I got there, I was a wreck. 
And I remember drinking the brew. There was 22 of us in the room. And then after I drank it, I, I just I just let go. I, I surrendered. And I thought, I'm going to put my 100% trust into this. Because the shaman said to me um, just before I drank, he's like, if, if you surrender and trust the process and let go and stop trying to control the outcome, you know, it, it will honor that. And I kind of took that in with me. And, it, and it, it's been even a good metaphor for my life since, Alex. Mm, because I've, the process. I've, yep. I've, nev- I've never really been in a position where I 100% let go. And just going, poor, I can't. And, and it was my greatest teacher that night because, because the act that I did, I had a profound experience that you can't really put into words. I mean, I put it into, uh, into a blog posts. People go back to my website. They can type in ayahuasca, go back to the 180 Nutrition website, and I've got it documented there, and that will give them a bit, probably a better idea. Oh, great. I'll put a couple of links in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. thank you. But um, And it's, yeah, it's profound because you basically have a gland in the brain called the pineal gland, you know, which produces hormones, you know, and there's a hormone called dimethyltryptamine, DMT, that this actually helps produce. You produce it naturally, and it's in all natural living things. And when you produce that, it actually takes off the filter because I'm not not sure what you know, but like when you when you look look out and perceive the world, you've actually only got about two thousand bits of information that can come in at any one time. Mm-hmm. So you you tend to put your focus on you can only put your focus on certain things, but there's actually millions and millions of bits of information that is happening any one time. So the way I like to so it's, it's almost like it takes that filter off. To allow other information in because you actually see with your brain not your eyes your eyes just... oh wow so then that's when you can start to have interesting profound experiences and people ask me afterwards well what's it like what's it happening and, and i always say it's it's like i had a splinter removed from my soul if that makes sense that's the only thing i can actually put into words around it Ah, okay. I get it. So kind of like there was always a niggle. There was something. There was something that was bothering you, and it like it was taken away. Yes, because yeah. because it makes it does make you kind of face your own truths and and some you know if we don't express ourselves, if we if we aren't living our truth, if we're living in our lives to what is expected from others, not from actually what we want. You know, I think we can actually start to bury those things and and we can actually hold that stuff within our body physically mm, and yes. organs for years and years and we don't even realize it and we bury it. It becomes part of the subconscious system and we just carry on and then one day we wonder why... There's this niggle that's going on in the background all the time and, and you know... It, People have been on about it for thousands of years where you need to look within, not without, to actually start to resolve issues. And and that's normally the darkest places where we don't want to look. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And, you know, I found from doing trauma release exercises, TRE therapy, um, with Sharon Mullen up in um, Lismore. Actually, she's around the corner from you. You have to go and see her. You would love the work she does. Um, and I've had her on the show before. And just that that getting deep, deep, deep into physical tensions that are created by all the things that pile up on us over the lifetime um, is just a fascinating thing to do. And um, while I haven't... 
had the experience that you've had in South America, it's definitely uh, of the same ilk. It's it's all about uncovering the deep stuff that's so far beyond our psyche. You can't acknowledge it in your present state. You can't chat it out with a counsellor or a psychologist. It's much deeper than that. Totally. And, um, and I think that's always just such an interesting thing when therapies can dig that far. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. And and it's the most uncomfortable process as well at oh, the time. Oh, my goodness, I have cried. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's got to bubble up. If it's buried, it's yeah. got to come to the surface. And, and That's right. And it does. <laughs> you know, it sure does. Incredible. Yeah. So, okay. So this happened. And then, I mean, there's some pretty interesting things that have happened that I know I really want to ask you about. But to to cap off the ayahuasca chat, I guess, what is something that you feel like is happening in your life these days that you can attribute to that experience? <sighs> what are you doing differently? What am I doing differently? I'm trying to honor my truth more and trust the process, whatever that might be in life. So so if I want if I'm at A and I want to get to B, whatever that is, whatever my North Star is or whoever, you know, listening have some idea, then try not to figure it all out. Try not to have it all sort of set that and this is how it's gonna be and processed where it's like, okay, if because if I do that, I might miss out on some of the greatest opportunities that might come here. I'm just going to try and let life happen along the way where I kind of know where I'm going, but stop having such a rigid, um, fixed way of doing things, if that makes mm. sense. Which is something we can all um, do without having to travel to a rare jungle and fast and, and do all of it. You know, a lot of us can just start to become aware of how much we're trying to control and consciously let go simply from being aware in the first place 100 percent, 100 percent. but you know the the other interesting thing is is that you know it, it takes experience to embody a lesson quite often mm -hmm. agree otherwise it's just philosophy it's talk and until we actually the body goes through something where we can put feelings and emotions and experience around that and that's what ayahuasca did for me all of a sudden i was like oh my god that everything is not what it seems i i don't know what happened there but it kind of made me more open to know realizing that actually i don't know anything so stop being so dogmatic in my thoughts and thinking and and the way things should be because i actually don't know much at all and and then after that it caused me to become more curious so I had this experience and I'm like what, what does that mean I have to keep take, taking ayahuasca once a year or it or you know like it, it was kind of I, di I didn't know what where to go from there so I that's why I started to continue to explore and look at different things where well I, maybe that's just it maybe it was the gift of curiosity for you to take on through into life 100 percent 100 percent yeah. And so you got curious about the amazing Dr. Joe Dispenza and you went on one of his retreats. Now, for people who don't know Joe's work, how would you sum it up? Oh, yeah. I, I think mean, it's there are so many books, there's so much, but, you know, if you just had to sort of share a one-liner. Yeah, he's, he's all about the science of change. I think that would, that would summarize it in a very simple manner. Yeah, I would agree. Hmm. But in a, in a deeper manner, I think... Uh, his his work is is 
yeah, it's reconditioning the body to a new mind. It's it's encouraging you to to sort of think about and focus who you want to become, not who. So you're not living from a record of the past, but you're actually sort of moving towards your future self, how you want that to be, and create the emotions and the feelings and conditioning the body around that. To, to step in and move into that I mean that's what was his original work was but since then he's now done I think it's close to 18 advanced workshops where they five-day retreats and that was the one I went on where they were bringing in neuroscientists and he wrote a book called you are the placebo so he was studying the placebo he was studying spontaneous healings and remissions and was trying to find out the I guess the common thread the theme behind them all and seeing if this was just a phenomenon or if this is science and this can be actually replicated on a more of a regular basis i mean if people just type in joe uh, joe dispenza testimonials now and you start to see what some of the people are talking about in there you if <laughs> if you were looking from afar you probably wouldn't believe it but uh th that's that's what's kind of happening and it's the work is absolutely fascinating. I mean, we we had him on the podcast, and at the time, I is I, I kind of had his book on our coffee table, and that's as far as it got. Yeah. But then after spending you know a podcast session with him, I was like, oh my god, this guy's incredible. I really need to um, investigate this work more. And um, and I think because of the ayahuasca experience, it kind of. Um, I don't know. I, it, the things Joe was starting to say was starting to make me. I could start to relate to it in some respect because he started talking about quantum physics and the way that the matter of the universe is actually made up and and why that matters to us as well. And it, it kind of, I, I guess, because I had a, a an experience with ayahuasca, some of the things were, were, they were, they were crossovers. And, and that's when my curiosity really started to take hold. I was like, oh, oh. And then I went there and I spent two days at his progressive workshop in Melbourne and um and it completely made sense he was speaking my language and then i just booked a flight and three months later myself and my wife went to to mexico and did the five-day retreat there so wow and of the five days that you spent there and you know as you rightly described joe's work as being the science of change what were some of the techniques that were explored to to help us manifest change that we want so it's essentially being able to tap back into your subconsciousness. So 95% of the day we run from subconscious beliefs, patterns, habits, and so forth. We're just trained, conditioned beings. And 5% is actually run from the analytical mind, but yet we try and control our life from the analytical processing, which is 5%. Now, amazingly, 95% of those thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and actions, or 90% of them are actually formed by the ages of six or seven years old. And, wow. And I think it's like 90% of your thoughts of the 95% are the same as yesterday and they're going to be the same as tomorrow. So we're literally running in these patterns. Now, if you, if you want to create a future for yourself that's different, then change is required. So it is required to get into them subconscious places and actually start to look at and start to identify and see what starts to bubble up because once that starts to come up that's when you can interrupt it for change so meditation is a very big part of allowing that to happen 
So that's the first part. So it's, it's actually starting to create awareness to that these patterns are running, getting familiar with what the pattern is. And then once you're familiar and you've created awareness, you can then start to learn to interrupt it if that makes sense when you catch yourself because you're not yeah. in the pattern so that's the first step and then from there he starts to look at energy work because he'll talk a lot about quantum physics and how the the actual universe is made up and how everything is actually energy and and that we, we are actually got um we're, we're actually wave and matter so in other words we're physical and we're energy so we're both we're not just term physical beings if, if you like and then from there it, 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 there's there's what's um known as uh, incoherent and coherent energy in other words so the energy of our own body bodily systems can get incoherent meaning scrambled meaning out of tune if you like and that's from our culture our living the way we think the way where we eat and all these kind of things and then what Joe then looks to do is then being able to make that energy start to more coherent. So you become a, a more energetic being on a daily basis. And that lifting of energy can help release emotional states and patterns and, and things that we've kind of conditioned ourselves over our lifetime. And you can use what's called neuroplasticity, so which is basically remapping the brain. Because there's a thing called Hebb's law, which means neurons, the neurons in the brain that fire together, wire together. So that's how you form a habit. You end up creating a new neuron and then you just keep thinking over it. You, you keep doing the same thing. The thing and, and the next thing you know, that, that thing's like a bobsled. You know, you can, you've got this well-efficient track. Which is well, new. it becomes part of that 90% of your thoughts that you have every day. Exactly. Yeah. But, mm. but the law also states what doesn't fire, fire together and wires mm. and then you can create so you can actually shift you can physically shift the way you think and he's using um, meditation and also energy uh, raising the body energy to do that now when you think about 500 people in a room you've then got collective energy and that's and, and they can measure that because when you, you admit photons photons are just particles of light which you can sort of capture now there's equipment to capture that so you can me measure energy of the room so you can actually use the collective energy it's almost like you're all individual batteries generating a, a collective power right if that makes wow. sense and 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 if and think about this and to raise energy if 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 when we generate emotions we generate energy what emotions do you think are going to lift our energy you know they're going to be mm. love joy gratitude appreciation i mean these things have been measured now so so once you start to create these emotions and feelings and then you can use breath work as well combined because breathwork can can start to stir, the, um, stir up the subconscious as well and the things that we're holding on to, then you can start to raise that energy uh, and from that. So so that's what, so Joe's been like a nutty professor and been experimenting, not experimenting actually, I shouldn't, that's the wrong word, pushing the boundaries of, of what the work he's already done. And, and each workshop, he's been slowly getting more and more data back, more and more information. Hence why he wrote the book, You Are the Placebo. And I know he's got a new book coming out in November, I think. Oh, great. I'll pop the link to You Are the Placebo in the show notes because it's, it's such a great book and it gives you so much food for thought about what manifests in our life and and how um, oh, yeah. how we how we deal with it if it's a mental stress type issue or even if it's a chronic illness issue. There's just so much around 
our brains controlling. It's amazing. It's amazing. And and, Mm. you know, the the funny thing with that five day workshop, Alex, was that I, I kind of just, again, was just following my heart, my gut. It just felt right. I had no idea what I was letting myself in in for. Mm. And it was a five day workshop. And by day two, I had a full energetic release. Now I didn't even know these existed. And when it happened to me, I thought, what the hell was going on? So I ended up generating more energy than an electric eel. And Mm. so what happens is that you've got actually energy centers around the endocrine system um, that travel down. So, so under, so like think of, you got the, you know, your thyroid, you've got your uh, thymus and behind the heart, you've got the glands in the brain, and then you, you go lower down, you even go into the digestive system, down to the sexual glands, the adrenals, and th- these are all actually energy hubs as well. And that's where we have dense amounts of energy. And if you think about our day, we, we, we generally spend a lot of our energy in the bottom three, digesting food, stressed out, you know, and in the sexual glands as well. So we kind of stay in those lower three centers, but you can actually move that energy up your spine and into your brain. Oh, wow. And that's what happened to me. And uh, it was all measured. Uh, There's a few people. And for some reason, I was good at it. I don't know why. Um, Probably because you had, like you had just had that open curiosity towards it. It must have been, and and I and again, I I just you know Joe was on stage just saying trust the process, don't think about it, just do it, and I was like, well, I've done it once before, and that was fine, so I'm going to do it again in terms of trust the process, and 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 the next thing I know, I lit up like a Christmas tree. I mean, I had so much energy running through my body, my my hands curled in completely, I couldn't move my arms, um, I fell off my chair, like it was violent energy, like it was my whole body was just going off and I'm just like what the hell is going on <laughs> oh my goodness I would have I'd love to have seen that it, does he have um <laughs> does he does he share links online to these sorts of workshops so you can see what happens in them or I don't know they're not behind fil- closed doors? yeah that's all behind closed doors but he talks about it you know it's it's and uh, he puts it amazingly well. But what happens is that energy comes through. There's a there's basically, I forget if I can remember the name. Uh, there's a one-way valve just at the base of your brain at the top of your neck. And the energy will push through that. And then it'll go into your pineal gland. And it'll encourage you to uh, release dimethyltryptamine again, just like. So I ended up having an ayahuasca experience without actually taking ayahuasca. Well, there you go. You don't need to travel to the ends of the earth to do that anymore. You no. can just harness it in your body. You can harness it completely in your body. And I had, a, again, the, <laughs> a seriously profound experience. I had a huge emotional releases. And it was then I spent four days kind of tapped into this energy. And uh, and when they, because you measure your brainwave states before the workshop and after the workshop. And before the workshop, I'd already been doing Joe's work for three months solid. I think I missed two days. Like I was really going for it. I was getting up. I was meditating for over an hour every day. I was just determined to see where this would go for some reason. I just, again, trusted it. And then that that basically happened. I generated all that energy. And then, then, then from there, it was just a new direction again because you realize how how much we have within us and how much we're actually capable of if we've given the right tools and the right in, right information so true and another amazing um teacher of our time that um is 
is helping people find this inner strength and power is uh, the beautiful human Wim Hof, uh, whose work I've followed as his voice has gotten louder and louder. And it's just so great to see because he's just got a heart of gold, this man. And um, and you've done uh, you've done a week with him, is that right? Yeah, I spent a week with Wim. Yeah, last last year. Yeah, we again we had it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so for anyone who hasn't heard of Wim Hof, he is kind of the 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 one really spreading the word on um, thermogenesis, getting very very cold, doing things like ice baths and using breath work um, to basically change the way your DNA is expressing itself. Some incredible research that he's doing with Harvard University. This isn't just like you know, guru stuff, plucking facts out of thin air. This is, you know, he's working with Professor Mark Cohen, uh, who I've had on the show a couple of times now, lots of scientific research. So it's totally quantifiable what's going on. And I am so fascinated that I'm actually going to go to one of his events and, and experience it firsthand myself. But I know you're now up to having done something like over 200 ice baths Please explain to us why you do such a thing. Well, yeah, I do ask myself the same question sometimes. Because <laughs> so, I'm not feeling really excited to jump into a, a bath that has like bags of ice thrown into it. Yeah, look, totally. And, and, and I'll tell you where it came from is because of what I experienced with ayahuasca, is because of what I experienced with Joe Dispenza. And then I, I, I caught, caught word of Wim Hof, a guy that's done 26 Guinness Book World Records, you know, climbed Mount Everest in his shorts only, uh, ran a, a marathon in minus 20 degrees in Finland barefoot. I mean, it's crazy. Shorts. Like, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> there's something going on and there were synergies across all three. And I'm like, I've got to check this guy out. And and that's the, and I guess my curious nature is like, well, if, you know, it's so easy to be judgmental and go and dismiss something. And, mm. and again, you can only know for sure if you experience it yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just, again, it's just opinions and philosophy. So it's like, well, if I'm going to do it, and, I, and we had him on the podcast and I thought, wow, this guy is fantastic. I mean, he, that guy is free as a bird. I mean, I've never seen anyone just be in the moment ever. Like, it's incredible to watch, actually. He's just... <laughs> uh, and and after the podcast, I'm like, because he said, oh, I'm, I'll be coming to Melbourne in six months or something like that for a retreat. And I thought, right, I'm going. I've got to, I've got to check this out. And once I'd made up my mind, it's, it's amazing the power of the commitment. So I then ended up. That's when my ice bath saga started. And I thought, oh my god, if I'm spending a week with this guy and I've seen what he's putting people through, <laughs> I'm going to get a head start. <laughs> I'm going to get a head start and think, well, yeah. why wait? Like, let's train myself. And you know, and I started really timidly, which at the time was still really strong, which was like, let's just fill up a bathtub of cold water and sit in that for five minutes and do the breath work. And I was, I was starting to research it as well. And, you know, and um, I guess dip my toe in it and delve into it. So that's how it kind of started with me and why I ended up doing over 200 ice baths. I've calmed down a bit now. I still have a cold shower uh, every day. Uh, but I'll have a hot shower first now and then I'll finish on a cold and then we catch up and have an ice bath once a month and things like that. So that's where I'm at with that right now. Right. And so having the hot shower and then turning it to cold at the end, how long are we talking? Can you work your way up? Can you do 
10 seconds one day, then 20 the next. 100%. Think of it like going to the gym. You, you, you want to start off slow. You don't want to, you don't want to create an, cause it, it's straight. All you're doing is stressing the body. It's just like exercise or fitness or any other thing. And it's a, it's a good stress providing you only stress it enough it can handle. So, you, you know, like anything, you don't want to uh, do it in excess, especially initially. You want to condition the body for it. So, you know, just 10 seconds. Absolutely. See how it feels. You know, do that for weeks. It doesn't matter. And then go 20 seconds and a minute. And and it's amazing. Your body does recondition yourself to handle uh, the cold like that. And what is the benefit of handling the cold like that? I so mean- yeah, so think think of it back to stress in the body. So so when you when you when you stress something and let it recover, it comes back stronger. So that's the simplest way of doing it. Now there's been there's been huge studies on uh, things like mitochondria function. You know the little uh, the little batteries of our cells basically, and um, you know a healthy cell, a healthy human. And you want to get those mitochondria functions going. Um, a hormone production has been proven as well. Inflam- inflammation reduction. And I mean, inflammation is like at the root of everything. Mm, um, it sure cool. is. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, so I, even, even mentally, like I'm finding after a cold shower, you kind of met your own, you're awake. You know, because you're starting to it's starting to encourage you know hormones that are starting to make you feel good. You know, dopamine and things like that, and serotonin, and it's it's kind of coming out, and and that's probably the simplest way I would put it. Because the, the other things you can start looking at is obviously the the, the veins and the the I, I mean I can't remember how many mileage of arteries and veins we got in our body now. Like it's it's a ridiculous amount, but they're all they all actually have a muscle that wraps around each one so they can contract and open you know which is what you do but they don't get worked and if we live quite a sedentary lifestyle they're not actually they're not actually starting to move and and they they will start to atrophy and and break down over time so so the 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 act of the cold is actually making these restrict and open if that makes sense you're actually yeah yeah, you're starting to make the body work yeah and if you think about what we're doing these days we we're so afraid of feeling uncomfortable, whether that be too hot, whether that be too cold, whether that be uh, too out of breath at the gym or, you know, any extremes. It's almost like we've beiged ourselves <laughs> into into this oblivion of constants. Totally. And by that, I mean, it's we've got our air conditioning so that we're never too hot. We've got our heater so that we're never too cold. We, we're so denying of our natural environments and we're never pushed to extremes. So I totally get how it just physiologically that's missing for us. And um, it's, it's, it's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the only experience I've had with cold therapy is doing cryotherapy. Oh, yeah. And that's the same thing. I mean, I'm, it's less invasive because it do, nothing actually touches your skin. You're just in a cold place and you know it's only going to be for two or three minutes. And so I think I guess that's why baby steps wise I felt more comfortable with that as a starting point. But you do definitely notice a sense of a minimization of brain fog after something like that. Yeah. It, it, it was quite dramatic for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, when, when, we, when I'd spent five days with him, that was like, extreme that was the opposite end you know you're just submersed in this for five days and i remember coming back going 
oh my god like it was it was it was like going to an army boot camp or something you know it was it was physically tough but i remember just the way i felt afterwards as well is you come alive and it, and it's like anything you, you really want to just because you got to live life as well you know you can it's easy to get caught up in these things like i do sometimes and just have to remind myself hey you know come back to normality as well and just how can we best use this knowledge and tools to actually just support the life we have and just you know, slowly move towards a, a better version of ourselves. If, if and if these things can help, which they do, then um, it's great. And and starting off slowly and just taking our time and just getting curious, just getting curious about it. You know, yeah. it's, I think that's the key. And is that where you're headed now, Guy? In terms of um, the work that you do, are you trying to now pull all of these things that you've experienced together for everyday people to? start to feel like they can integrate things, not have to go on retreats to the ends of the earth, but actually find practical ways to to live day to day with these extra sort of bonus boosts. Yeah, like. totally, totally. It's it's almost like, but it, it, it's interesting. Once, once you kind of integrate something, it, then it becomes a habit and it becomes quite easy to do because it, it, again, with, with, you know, it goes into our subconscious and then we just do it. It's like, you know, we'll have a shift around nutrition and, you know, the first thing we go, oh my God, this is so hard and this is different. And then, and then we learn it and understand it and then we kind of just get on with it and then we don't think about it too much. It becomes quite a simple process, but there's always that initial start and that's the same. And, and I've been trying to, yeah, I guess looking at all these different modalities and, and I've had some experiences that I guess not many people have had not that I've met and you know I've, I've got to a point where I think I've just realized I kind of need to start sharing this more myself and and start to help guide people with this kind of work if they're interested as well because um, it's had a profound impact on my life you know meditation's a daily practice for me now that's a non-negotiable and there's there's kind of all these little tools and things that once I've learned and integrated they they kind of kind of help and yeah just just wanna i don't know it, it's very easy to get caught up in the the fear of it all and oh, i'll do that tomorrow and and then things never get done and we never change the next thing you know 10 years have slipped by oh yeah and i think there'd be a lot of people listening thinking yes that's me you know and um and, and, I, and i always there's a couple of mantras i always tell myself and and i really try and drum them in and it's like one day one life i've got one day which is today and I got one life. So it's like, how can I, and I don't get it right all the time, trust me, but it's like, how can I make the most of this day I've, I've, I've been gifted, you know? And that's the first, and, the, and the other thing I always tell myself is all there is, is now. That's it. The moment we have right now is the moment we have right now. Because when we say, oh, I'll do that tomorrow, when tomorrow comes, you'll be in the present moment, which is right now. But and then it gets delayed again. So it's it's like I try and remind myself of these things constantly to force me to start taking the action. And and you mentioned something about being uncomfortable earlier as well. And I think that applies across everything. Sometimes we need to investigate the things we, you know, they say what we resist persists. And we almost need to start, I, th I think, delving into those things and taking a look and, and see if it really is the fear, what they say, false evidence appearing real and start to just investigate those things slowly and, and see what comes up because I quite often believe that our beliefs, the way we perceive the world can actually be our chains as well from being our true selves. And um, and that's a shame, 
you know. It is a shame. And it just places such a limitation on life, doesn't it? Um, and, you know, I like just hearing you talk about the idea that from discomfort comes discovery. Um, oh, I like that, actually. That's a nice little little collection of words. That's I'm a great one, yeah. <laughs> I'll borrow that. <laughs> yeah. Um, please feel free. Um, but it, it reminds me of standing in Warrior 2 in a yoga class and just that discomfort that you start to feel, your legs start to get heavy. You start to, like your entire being just wants to get the heck out of that pose. And yet, at the end of it, you just stay an extra few seconds and then you stay the extra few seconds beyond the instructor saying, you know, let's see what happens at the end of another few seconds and you do it. And, and there's just this huge little mini rush of achievement, if you like, in just a tiny little yoga class. And if we can just build those little things into our everyday across all sorts of techniques, then we start to just be feel more powerful, essentially, which means when we feel in power, we feel empowered and we we do more of the things that make us feel good. 100%, Alex. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's And it's contagious, you know. Yeah. It really is. And I, and I just, you know, I just want to say something for the listeners out there as well. Like when I started 180 Nutrition, I was nearly 30 grand in debt from the trading that I couldn't get off the ground right? And I spent three years doing that and I was stuck in my beliefs. And then I, I'd racked up my credit card debt and I was in a position where I, I, I felt trapped and I was locked by my beliefs. And then, but from there, I still managed to get out of that form 180 nutrition, form it with Stu. And, you know, the first four months, I think we were selling two bags a month of, of superfood, you know, and it was, and within three years, we'd actually cracked and being a multi-million dollar company and and now i started a podcast and and now we have over two million downloads and you know and i've interviewed new york times best-selling authors like i've had these privileges and it all just and there's there was nothing there's nothing different about what i've done or anything special except i changed the way i kind of looked at things and decided to to let go of my existing beliefs and actually just start to take action and it's taken eight years like it didn't come overnight but, you know, it, I just think that, that's, that ability with whatever is in everyone, whatever it is they want to do. And I think if, they, if, uh, if we all learn to nurture it more, then, you know, who knows what's possible in all of us. That's right. And what a beautiful note to end on. So where can people find you? I mean, obviously, I'll put everything in the show notes, but what would you like us to go check out the most? Right. So there's this basically two places so if they if everyone's interested in what i've just the second half of the show that we talked about with dr joe Dispenza and the ayahuasca and everything else they can just go to guylawrence.com.au and that's work in progress but there's a, a email capture there that talks about my morning routine because i believe if we can set ourselves up for the right day we can then start to uh, make better decisions and change the direction moving forward so that's there and um, and also if they want to learn more about 180 nutrition and what we've done there from our podcast to our, our superfoods and everything that's come from that over the eight years then they just need to go back to 180nutrition.com.au so guy lawrence or 180 basically awesome and i know so many low toxes absolutely love the 180 nutrition product and um i remember i did a couple of smoothies and that delicious breakfast ice cream a couple of years ago, or was it last year, I think, and people went nuts for it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I can give my child 
ice cream for breakfast. She's going to love me. And um, and all these gorgeous Absolutely. kids filling up on the good stuff. No, it's great. We have so many mums using it. I, I had no idea when I said uh, that's what uh, would happen, but that's what You thought happened. it'd be big beefcake gym guys, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. Well, I mean, it's convenient nutrient density. And at the end of the day, when there's so much going on in life or you've got a fussy kid or, you know, all the other things, it's it's great stuff because you know they're getting so much good stuff. Totally, totally. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show, Guy. It was a pleasure having you as the guest to switch the roles around. And, uh, and I know everyone's going to love following up with you on your personal website and, and 180 because there's so much there um, for people to take on board in whatever you're curious about as your next steps. And uh, I wish you a super good rest of the week, Guy. Thank you so much, Alex. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story with all your listeners. I hope they uh, got something from it today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. And before I sign off, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you that writes a review or leaves a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you listen to the show. We appreciate it so much. It's the best way you can say thank you because it helps us stay visible and it helps people who haven't listened to the show before but who might come across it in a search think, "Mm, I might give that a go. So I appreciate that and I'm wishing you the best week. Until next week, you can catch us on lowtoxlife.com. And if you want to check out those show notes, remember to put forward slash podcast and it'll take you straight there. Otherwise, I'll also see you on Instagram. I'm always posting there. It's a little bit more uh, personal and a look at sort of how I eat and what I do and my dad's pictures of blossoms and whatever else is going on. And that's at Lowtox Life. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. Bye.